0: You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, we're talking all about the Enneagram. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore. And with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. I am your host with the most... Thanks so much for being here. I'm really excited about today, because we're gonna talk about a topic that I've really wanted to learn about for some time, and I don't know, maybe I've just been too lazy to, and that's the Enneagram. What is it? What's your number, right? What's, yo, what's your number? What's your number? What does it all mean? So, back in the day, which was a Tuesday, I did an episode. Episode number twenty. Can you imagine? We're on like episode like seven thousand now. And episode twenty, I did an episode. What was it? Know thyself, something like that. I forget the title, but it was all about teaching from my perspective and level of knowledge around Myers Briggs. The Myers Briggs is a personality type indicator test. You know, I found a lot of value in that test when I learned about it for the first time and just decided to learn a lot about it. And so over the years I've really found a lot of value in just understanding more about people, understanding more about myself, understanding that people don't think the way you do operate the way that you do see the world, the way that you do behave the way that you do. And yet so many people want, can't just everyone think like me, be like me, act like me and do everything like me and then I'll be happy. Right? And so, There's just so many implications and so much value that comes out of just starting to learn a little bit more about, you know, the way in which people tick, why they tick the way they tick, and just understanding that we're all different and yes human beings like to categorize us into into different categories and different ways of slicing and dicing our brains and our personalities and our characteristics and our drivers and our fears and you know one thing is i kind of play these both sides of it you know it's all made up in some sense right like we created it you know if you if you sat there and took like a i mean i just have to wonder again you're playing devil's advocate here <sighs> Our creator, what created us, sat there and said, okay, I'm gonna make you an INTJ. I'm gonna make you, you're a high D, and then you're, you're a seven, <laughs> right? It, these are not necessarily things that are created that way, but more like people that recognize patterns, right? And then maybe someone else could argue that and say, no, 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 that's exactly what's happening. It's, I don't know. But either way, they've always provided value to me and can be used in so many in so many ways. But always at the core, it's just getting to know a little bit more about yourself, understanding you. And I didn't know very much about the Enneagram when I brought on today's guest. So it was really like so beneficial for me to just like ask anything I wanted to ask. I'm like, what about this? What about that, right? And it was awesome. It's so awesome. So in today's episode, you're gonna learn about what the Enneagram is, how it's gonna help you. And then you're actually gonna have the opportunity to I don't know, whatever it's called, diagnose yourself or type yourself or figure out what your Enneagram number is. And then my guest, she's going to take this deeper with you. And so you're going to get a much deeper understanding. You're, you're going to get some tools and tricks for like confirming your numbers so that you can kind of verify it. And some of the pitfalls and traps that people have when they self-diagnose, because there's a lot of self-deception that goes on too. I actually want you to go into this episode with that. That's my final thought before I introduce today's guest. Self-deception is for reals. There's like who you think you are, right, and who you want to be, and then there's like what actually is. And the more you can just try and oh, get super mindful, super observant, and really not judge or you know i guess remove that as much as you can it's easier said than done those filters of self deception almost walk into this knowing that we deceive ourselves at least to some extent no no i'm an honest i'm so honest really you've never told a lie in your entire life <laughs> we've all told a fib or two right so buckle up for this one today's guest is sarah jane case she's a writer speaker and podcaster out of Asheville, north carolina She's been featured in publications like Apartment Therapy, The Every Girl, and Parade Magazine. She has an Instagram account with over half a million followers. I'll have to bring her on for some Instagram strategies here. And she's got a podcast called Enneagram and Coffee. And she's a rising leader in the self-help industry. She's been studying and teaching the Enneagram for years now. And I'm so excited to introduce her and all this amazing content to you on today's episode. So, without further ado, let's roll that tape. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am on a scale one to 10, 10 being super excited. I'm an 11. <laughs> I'm an 11 today because I think we're going to have a fantastic conversation about a topic that I'm going to learn so much today. You guys are going to learn so much today. And I'm bringing you today's very special guest, an expert in the Enneagram. A whole new world that's going to open up to all of us today that don't know it. I feel like I'm the last person to learn this stuff. Uh, that's always my story of my life. You know, the last, the last one to figure it out. Sarah Jane Case, how you doing?
1: Hey, I'm so pumped to be here.
0: Yeah, welcome to to the show. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Is it me that I did I keep rescheduling on you?
1: I think it was it was a shared a shared okay.
0: effect. It must be my my number.
1: <laughs> Maybe my number. <laughs> combined.
0: What is your number? Can we start there? What's your number?
1: Yeah. So I'm a seven the enthusiast.
0: Is that the best? Uh,
1: I mean, <laughs> everybody thinks that their number is the best and right. the worst.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best of first. And then it's like, here's the shadow side of it. Here's all the issues. Yeah. Okay. So you're a seven and you think you know what mine is.
1: Well, I have guesses.
0: Yeah. You yeah. have guesses. Can we start with that? And then I'm starting in weird places and then we'll kind of like... We'll lay a foundation, but let's just get into this. What do you think my number is?
1: So uh, we've talked before about how kind of your brand might be different from your personality. So I I think you have a very seven brand, which is kind of like free, do what feels good to you, live a satisfied life, don't settle for anything less than what feels great. And then I think when we met, you said that you were a three, you typed as a three, which is a success driven one who like fears failure. And then I thought your presentation the day that I saw you was a very five presentation, which is research-based, wanting to be capable, wanting to be competent, manages their energy very intentionally. And so those are kind of the three we started going around.
0: Wow. Okay. So at least we've narrowed it down a little bit. (laughs) Maybe we can get some clarity or maybe I should just be listening to your podcast more and I can find out myself, but let's start at the beginning. What is the Enneagram? Why should our listeners who are mostly entrepreneurs pay attention to this?
1: Yeah. So, the Enneagram is, well, I call it a map of human psyche. So, it's this guidebook into why we operate the way we do. A lot of the personality types that we like, like Myers Briggs or Disc or Strength Finders, they're talking about what we do. The Enneagram goes into why it's happening. It's our worldview. So essentially it's this thing that is the most natural thing in the world to us that we think everyone else is seeing the world through this lens too. And the enneagrams is this kind of wake up call that we actually see it one specific way. It's what we think we have to be in order to be loved, liked, successful. Mm. Okay.
0: Well, I think just knowing that is so important because... I think a lot of growth and evolution happens in our life when we realize, hey, the whole rest of the world doesn't see it, the rest of the world, the way you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that can just you know, educate and inform us. I think even just knowing that, having that awareness is so important. How'd you get into this?
1: Yeah, so I've found, I've always been interested in how, People show up, why they show up the way they do. Mm. At the time I found it, I was doing creative consulting. So I was helping creative business owners to prevent and recover from burnout. And I was helping them to do the work of why is this happening? And then I found the Enneagram. It took me two years to type myself. And so in that journey, I got engulfed and fascinated by the system itself. And I knew the system better than I knew how I fit in the system by the time Mm. I self-typed. But I was able to use it with my clients to help them to quickly get to the root of why they kept overworking and they kept making the decisions that they were making that kept them stuck in those patterns.
0: You talked about the Enneagram being like the different numbers <laughs> and there are nine. That's the fact this is like that's like the one-on-one. I know it goes a little deeper than that. Yeah. It's like different worldviews. Can people change? Are they are they born that way? Are they stuck that way? Can they, do they change? Can we change numbers? Do we change worldviews? What, what so do you there
1: are uh, multiple beliefs around it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most people believe that you're the same number your whole life. Mm. There's one theory that I'm kind of a fan of that says that you are one number. It's called the soul child theory, that you're one number when you are young, when you're very little and somewhere along the way, you got the message that that wasn't okay. Mm. And so you moved to a different number. This is all in the system, in the line. There's lines that move you from your number to another number and from another number to yours. And one of those lines moves down to rest. So when you feel safe, open, relaxed, you can show up as a different number. That's the number that you were when you were a kid. And that's what you learned that you couldn't be. So you actually, we develop our type as a protective mechanism. Yeah.
0: It's like the mask that we... Yeah. Wow. Wow. So it's like our, yeah, it's like our mask number versus our authentic number. Well, that's really fascinating right there. So tell me a little bit more about, you kind of keep going back to like this why, like you learn why. What are the other benefits or implications of learning this for ourselves? I think that's the step one, right? Is like learn what our number is. Do we learn it for the people we love? Do we learn it for our, team for the people we work with every day Do we learn it for our customers do you do that do you go oh my avatars are like twos tell us like sell us more on some of the the benefits that you've experienced being who you are as a human being and you know walking talking having human relationships and being a business owner
1: yeah so i think that the very first step is looking at ourselves like you said we need to go into ourselves first And I think that the magic is that so many of us, we spend most of our lives trying to alter our symptoms. So we keep finding ourselves in these same behavior patterns over and over and over again. And we don't know why we keep doing it. And so until we can get to the root of the cause, we aren't going to see change. And I am very passionate about this cycle that we get into which is the shame cycle of i should be better i should just stop doing it i should be more disciplined more structured i should just do it and instead i much more want you to look at look at yourself and look at this process with curiosity and mm-hmm. i think the enneagram invites us into curiosity how can i ask myself why this isn't working for me why does this keep showing up what am i trying to achieve by this I think a lot of times in relationships in the Enneagram, we're able to see that with our number, we limit something within ourselves. So as a type seven, I want to feel good. I want to be happy. And so I tend to shove down and ignore my pain and I will run as fast as I can. I will stay as busy as I can to avoid my negative emotions. So when I suppress that in myself, then I have so little room for the people in my life who I love to have negative experiences. So I can become very fixy, very like, look at the bright side though. And Mm, sometimes people just need to feel. And so if I don't have space for the people in my life to show up as they are, because I'm so fixated on positivity, then I'm not able to be 100% myself with them and they can't be themselves with me.
0: Yeah. I think even just going through this to create more awareness and mindfulness in your life is, is such a huge piece of that. So that's really awesome. Well, would the next question that I ask you be, how do we begin to figure out what number we are? Or do you feel like there's something else that we need to know before people begin to figure out what their type is?
1: I think, yeah, I think we can go into type Honestly, there's so many free tests, mm-hmm. but these free tests are pretty inaccurate. so you're gonna get fifty to eighty percent accuracy on them yeah. because the Enneagram's motivation base. right.
0: so it's not necessarily because I've, I've had this conversation with so many people. It's not necessarily that the, t- the tests are inaccurate. It's that we're inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Self-deception is we don't huge. Know what we want. Is that why it took you two years? is because mm-hmm. like there can be a lot of self-deception. Like there's an example in the Myers-Briggs test where like your desk is often messy mm-hmm. and a messy person doesn't really see their desk. And they're like, well, no, I know where everything is. <laughs> and so they go, no, it's not messy. And then, but someone else who's like a neat freak would be like, oh, uh, your desk is totally messy, <laughs> right? Yeah. A lot of a lot of self-distortion and deception. Yeah. So that's, I'm glad you said that. So then what do we do?
1: So we read the description. So you get mm-hmm. a really good or you read them, there's a website called enneagraminstitute.com that has great descriptions out there. You just read the type and the one that resonates with you the most. And I say the one that makes you the most uncomfortable, like someone's reading your journal entry to you, that's, that's you. Okay. Most of us, when we find our type, we feel so seen that it's a little bit invasive because we're known so well that it's uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm like, I loved I went to this page. We can link it up in the show notes for you guys. So thank you. Enneagraminstitute.com forward slash type hyphen descriptions. And there's like this one liner. And you gave me three, five, and seven to at least narrow. Mm-hmm. I am so resonating the most with the five already. Yeah. I wonder if three was much more of the like mask type that I created, which is a success oriented, driven, image conscious. I think that's kind of what like launched me into the business world uh-huh. and i've like shed so much of that and so five for me the investigator intense cerebral type perceptive innovative secretive and isolated i've been in isolation by myself for eight weeks <laughs> people are like are you lonely and i'm like lonely <laughs> what's that <laughs> so is that enough for me to start like is that confirmation enough or are you like ah eh, james you're you're delusional Mm-hmm. We need to look at all the other ones first. Like, do we hit the nail on the head? What What do you say?
1: So if I remember correctly, the website gives you the title and then it gives you basic fear, basic motivation.
0: I think you have to click on a side. link to go. Should I click on one of them?
1: Yeah, click on the link. Click on the
0: five. Okay, so I'm on the five and then it's got this like pentagrammy looking thing <laughs> <laughs> and all this text. Whoa. Uh-huh. And we're not, obviously, I'm not gonna just read this to you guys on here, but it's just kind of so you guys can walk through a process. Yourself. So, yeah, should I be? Oh, yeah, basic fear being useless, helpless, and incapable. Yeah, that would be effective. Mm -hmm. That are accurate, I mean, yeah, (laughs) effective, (laughs) helpful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's fascinating about these fears for us is that they're so subconscious for most of us that Mm. we build out our personalities almost in resistance to that feeling. So, most type fives become actually extremely informed, extremely intellectual, extremely capable because they're so resistant to the idea that they could be incapable. So what we resist in ourselves, we resist in others. So type fives tend to have an aversion to people who aren't informed or find that a little bit off-putting.
0: Yeah. And then we use like to compensate like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that the learning and the knowing and the being capable in order to not have that fear being realized.
1: Yes. Yeah. So for you, five moves to eight and to seven. So maybe.
0: And what does that mean? What does that mean? Can you just explain all that? Cause as soon as I've heard people talk, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm a little incapable, <laughs> a little slow, feeling a little useless when it comes to Enneagrams. And when people are like, yeah, it's like nine numbers. I got that. And then as soon as we go to this like next level, it's like all these numbers that move to other numbers. Wh- what does that even mean? And how does that become something?
1: So this is my very favorite part of the Enneagram because awesome. this is what's actionable, what we can work with. Mm. So as a type five, let's, I will use you as an example. Let's assume you're a five. Okay. As a type five, when you feel safe, relaxed, at ease, you're going to move up to type eight, which is the challenger. You're going to be quick to take action. You're going to be a lot more driven, forward thinking, nose to the grindstone. You're going to put a lot more action behind all of your ideas Fives tend to be very introspective, extremely original, but they don't take action as quickly. So eights really... When you step into that eight space, you take much more action. Mm. Then fives move in stress, move to type seven. So if you're finding yourself resisting your negative emotions, if you're finding yourself wanting to stay very busy, a little bit unnecessarily, or maybe you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, that's a signifier that you are stressed out. You need a little bit of self-care and you can really tend to that. So it's just good information.
0: And how, what determines that five in stress goes to seven, like and five in a relaxed state goes to eight.
1: So, you know, the Enneagram is essentially a series of really astute observations over time. And so it's putting all of these pieces together, but the Enneagram is, in enough, is all in triads. So everything's in threes. Mm. So there's a head type, body type, heart type, those are all three numbers in all of those types. There's a triangle in the center, three, six, nine. All of those three deal with identity. And then every number has those three connecting points. So there's three numbers in those moves.
0: Well, Okay. The
1: yeah. thing is, there's, there's so many threes, which I love.
0: There's so what? There's what? There's so many there's threes. so many different threes. Like patterns yeah. of threes. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then there's like, now we're, and then there's like these wings. Yeah what are those? Cause it says on mine, it says Enneagram five with a four wing.
1: Mm-hmm. So every type has two wings and the way that I learned it and the way that I teach it is that you can access both of those wings. So as a five, you can access type six and type four, but you're typically going to lean into one or the other. So a five who leans into type four is going to be a little bit more emotional than the other fives might be. Um, they're going to combine their head and their heart. They're going to have a lot of like high emotional and intellectual intelligence. A five with a six wing is going to be a little bit more skeptical, but a lot more community minded. They're going to be double head type. So they're going to be highly in their heads. Whereas the five wing four is going to bring in a little bit of that heart center to
0: round mm-hmm. you out. And is that, is it a four or a six because they're on either side of the five?
1: Yeah. Around okay. in the circle. Mm-hmm.
0: Got it. Okay, cool. So, all right, I'm, I'm getting this do we want to go through a description like of, of each one of those? Like, do we want to help people kind of get their feet wet and what they, what type they might be? How do they, yeah. how do they begin to figure out? I don't want it to be all about, Oh, and this episode was great. I learned about James. <laughs> you
1: know? yeah. yeah, We can run through the numbers. We can start with eight because we, we typically start in the body center and eight's the first number in the body center. What does
0: that mean though? What is it? Eight, yeah. eight, we start with eight and eight is in the body center.
1: Mm-hmm. So we have three triads through three centers. So there's the body center, head center, heart center. Body center tends to deal more with anger. They have kind of this complicated relationship to anger in different, three different ways. Then the heart center is types two, three, and four, and they deal with shame or depression more often. Then five, six, and seven more struggle with a relationship to anxiety.
0: Okay. The that center. might be good. To recap that after people know what there are because that seems that seems pretty important but Mm
1: -hmm. and a lot of times we can kind of narrow down our type using that center like do you feel more connected Do you feel more present with anger shame or anxiety Mm.
0: wow okay cool so yeah let's start with eight the challenger
1: type eight's the challenger their main priority is proving their strength They don't want to be controlled. And so sometimes this can show up in being very direct up front, being very blunt. They have the most overt anger. They tend to be the most direct uh, type on the Enneagram.
0: Can I ask you a question? Yes. So that was the other one that I'm connected to in the image, right? Like a five becomes an eight in a... Mm -hmm. Is that the same thing? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. So five, when you feel open, relaxed, safe, you're going to take on the higher level attributes of type eight. Okay. So you're more inclined to be action oriented, driven, powerful. You're going to hold a presence in a room, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. And then we have type, you want to move on to type nine?
0: Yeah. I think that's a good description of the challenger. Yeah. Let's, okay. It's nine is next. Let's do that.
1: Type nine is the peacemaker. So type nine's fears, loss of connection. Their motivation is maintaining their own peace of mind. They are focused on making sure that everyone is okay. They want to make sure that they're not offending anyone, taking up too much space. They may mellow out their own preferences in order to make people comfortable with them. Depending on what flavor of type nine you are, you might merge in relationships so that you start to take on the opinions and thoughts of someone else. Nines are typically the most likable person that we know because they know how to be easy to be around. Mm. That's one of their high priorities.
0: Got it. Okay. Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then type one is the reformer or the perfectionist type one's main focus is being a good person. They fear being corrupt or evil. So their main focus of attention is on doing the right thing. And they do this in moral attributes. They do this in tasks. They tend to be very detail oriented, consistent. They just, they're wanting to do everything the best possible way. So they may over reform, do things three or four times, never feel like anything's quite finished, like it could always be better. They also have a really good insight into what's missing or what could be improved. They tend to walk into a space and they can kind of notice if something could be improved.
0: Mm. okay. That might be you, the reformer. This is good. You guys, (laughs) as she's describing these, you should be, is that me? right? And what kind of helps people again, and even in this just description, people should kind of feel like it's confronting or Mm -hmm. like, it's like resonating or what, how do you?
1: Yeah. Really focus on the fear and the motivation. So if we can, if we start there, so every type, a lot of times the character traits that we say, like a type one being very clean or tidy, like not every type one's going to have a clean house. They're going to find ways to be perfecting in different areas of Mm -hmm. your life. So really focus on the motivation just to be good.
0: Okay, great. And then we go to two, the helper.
1: Yes. And we're moving into the heart types. So we have type two, the helper. Their motivation is to be loved and liked and their fear is not being lovable. They learn somewhere along the way that love is earned, that it's not inherent. And so they feel like in order to get love, they have to to give so they have to serve and a lot of times type twos find themselves in this space of resentment like they're giving so much why is Mm. no one giving back to them so they don't realize that their giving has strings attached expectations or even just a thank you can lead them to resentment and feeling like the love that they're giving isn't matched
0: yeah that's good okay
1: Type three is the achiever. So type three is focused on being successful, achieving new things. They are fear of, they have a fear of being worthless or I'll say a fear of failure. So this feeling for our type threes is that you are constantly trying to get to the next peak. There's always another achievement to make. So you climb the mountain, you're getting to your path of success. You get to the top, you look around, you realize it's not what you want or you, you you conquered it and there's just another mountaintop to climb. A lot of times for our threes, what happens is that they're making these decisions based off of societal expectations or expectations from their family or their origin story. They make these decisions about what success is, not based on what life they want, but what life they think they're supposed to want. And so a lot of times they get to the top of these mountains and they realize they're not really happy with their life.
0: Mm. We can just skip this one because I don't really think that's going to be any of our listeners. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) what's the fear on that one again a three what's their their big fear
1: it's being worthless
0: being worthless Mm -hmm. yeah
1: a lot of threes really focus on wanting to add value to the world and feeling like they need to be set apart or the best and they put a lot of pressure on themselves to do everything Mm. to be everything like a human ideal
0: yeah Mm -hmm. that's good
1: you ready for type four?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to top four. That's a good guys. This is it just like, as she's sharing these, just kind of let them all wash over. And even if you can start to narrow it down to two or three, I think that'll help. Yeah. Let's do four.
1: So type four is the individualist or the romantic. They're focused on finding or creating an identity. They fear having no significance. So a lot of times what type fours are looking for is some sense of personal significance. They're looking for a descriptor. I'm an artist. I'm a writer. Something that's there, something tangible. What can happen for our fours is that inside they feel special. They feel like I have greatness inside of me. But outside, they feel like there's something they're missing. Like if they could just get... That job, if they could just get a degree or if they could just get that one thing, then they would be complete. Their greatness would match their thought of who they are. Mm. And the work for our type fours is accepting their normalcy, accepting that. Average isn't evil. Like it's okay to be a normal person <laughs> and do <laughs> things in a normal way. I heard someone aforesaid to me one time that they would rather be a tragic failure than a moderate success. Mm. And so there's this dance between I want to be special. I want to be great. Or I'd rather die like a starving artist. But this middle ground, this like suburban lifestyle is so unappealing that they sometimes end up not doing anything.
0: Yeah. Wow. Just that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Number number yeah.
1: five. All right. Type five is the investigator. They fear being incapable or incompetent. They are motivated by a desire for knowledge. And there's kind of two major things to keep in mind for our type fives. Number one is this seeking to grasp everything from all angles. So they want to understand the world from all all angles. They want to know the history of what they're learning. They want to know the future of what they're learning. They want to know how everyone's perceived it. They really value competency and they can really sniff out when someone's ill-informed. Now, the other side of R fives is this managing of energy. Guys will fear that someone's get, people are going to take their energy from them. So they'll create really strong boundaries around their emotions. They might have really intense emotions, but they may not share them with you then the other thing that our fives can do is they really manage their energy levels. So they don't want to give more than they have to give. And they're going to want to store up what they have and give it out intentionally. Hmm.
0: This is hard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm finding like something in almost all of these that you're sharing and I'm like that resonates with me, but mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Well, and I think what's, what's fascinating about the Enneagram is that we are connected to so many numbers. Mm-hmm. So we have our two wings, we have our dominant type, we have the two types that we move to in stress and in rest. And then we haven't even gotten into the subtypes yet, which is like <laughs> a whole other ball game. It's like round two that can really connect us to other numbers as well. So at the end of the day, you're ultimately connected to five, sometimes six numbers.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say there's a few that are like, a n- no, no. But I feel like, oh, that actually, maybe that. Okay. All right. So that was five. What do we have left? Uh, six yeah. and seven.
1: Yeah, six and seven. So, type six is the loyalist. Type six is kind of this, well, they're motivated by safety and security. They fear not having guidance or direction or support. Type sixes have this innate contradiction. They're extremely skeptical, right? Of new people coming in, they're kind of waiting and watching, paying attention to whether they can trust them or not. But then once you get over that, there's this loyalty that comes in, this deep connection to, I want to be a part of this. I want to belong. I'm going to play my role here in the best way possible. They also have this contradiction in anxiety. They have this attempt to tell the future at all times. So they're always looking toward, how can I be prepared? How can I prepare for the worst case scenario? Yet most sixes, when you talk to them, they're, they'll say, I'm not scared, but there is this underlying anxiety that's driving that deep need for preparation. Mm. There's a lot of like yes and for our (laughs) sixes. Got it. And then for our type sevens, we're the enthusiast type sevens are focused on avoiding being trapped in pain. They're motivated by being satisfied in life. The main Drive here is to first avoid emotional pain, right? They're going to want to focus on the happy feelings, the positive. They're always going to stay on the high side of life. This can happen through staying very busy, staying entertained. It can also happen by not accessing those emotions through reframe. So an example being, as a type 7 myself, if I get into a car accident, my first thought is well, this is probably going to lead to something good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, I one time I got into an accident and I got to pet a puppy. And I was like, well, this wasn't so bad. There was a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. (laughs) Yeah, worth it. It's okay. So there's kind of that initial reframe. Mm. The other thing that type 7s do is we like to keep our options open. We don't like to be limited. Limitations are like the worst thing that a 7 could imagine. We want to keep our minds expanded, our options available to us. We want to feel free. One of the best pieces of business advice I got is from you through business by design, which was, you know, pick a bridge, build one bridge because sevens, we like to build all the bridges because we want, we just, we don't want to limit ourselves in mm-hmm. our ideas. So a lot of the work for the seven is, you know, staying in your lane, picking a niche and really dedicating your time and attention to it.
0: That's good. There you guys have it. There are the nine. I'm more confused than I was before. (laughs) And she went deeper with them. I was like, saw a little eight, a little seven, a little five, and a little three. What the heck would you do at this point if if someone, I'm assuming some people are like, yep, that's me. No doubt about it. Should that be enough? And then what's your advice for people that are like, okay, I've narrowed it down to two, three, or four?
1: hmm So if you've narrowed it down at this point to two, three, or four, I would see if any of them are connected to each other. Mm. So let's say for our you know, five, seven, eight, and three, you're connected to seven and eight. So it makes sense that let's say if you lead with type five, you connect to seven, you connect to eight, and then eight and three have a lot in common and seven as well. They're all action-oriented, driven, future-oriented. There's a lot of success drive in our eights. So it makes sense that those things may go together. Uh, okay. So look for those patterns, see if right. there's anything in co- that they connect. And how
0: how could people start to know that they are connected?
1: Yeah, so if you look at the diagram, mm-hmm. which you can find again on anygraminstitute.com, you can find it on my website, enneagramandcoffee.com. You can look at your number and there's two lines going to and from it. And so those lines are connecting to another number and then the numbers are on either side of you.
0: Okay. And so that just takes a little bit of like process to work through and see, okay, that's maybe why you feel like three, but one should be like the dominant one.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's the one whose motivations you relate to the most Mm -hmm. or fear.
0: Now, just to nip this in the bud for me, is there Mm -hmm. anything else to confirm or should I just be like, all right, five's my number.
1: So I like to pit them against each other. So oh. for example, I thought I was a seven or a one okay. for a long time. And if I really am honest with myself, if I were like, would I rather be good or would I rather be free? I'm going to pick free, which isn't fun to say, mm. <laughs> you know, out loud, but I would choose my freedom over choosing something that was morally. So
0: balanced. what you're saying is that you will do illegal things so that you can be free. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we're kidding.
1: But I'm not supposed to say that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Could you ask me a question like that?
1: Yeah. So would you rather be informed or would you rather not be controlled? Not be controlled. Okay. Would you rather be happy or strong? Happy. Would you rather be happy or
0: capable? (sighs) Both. (laughs) I just cussed on the podcast. (laughs) I'm capable of being happy. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy when I'm capable. Wow, why is that one so hard to answer? I got to choose one. I hey,
1: James, can I ask you, what, can I yeah, sidetrack for a second, please? What about when you were in your early twenties? Like, because this is early.
0: Lot yeah, that's. I think that's where I struggle. Is like early twenties. I would have said capable in a heartbeat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In a heartbeat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Today, it's the opposite. Yeah. So what does that mean?
1: That means you're probably a
0: five. Probably a five. Yeah. So I was pretty accurate with my own assessment.
1: Yeah. Which yes. is, that's the best case scenario because okay. you're the only one who knows. Right. At the, end
0: of the day. Right. Right. Yeah. And okay. the early
1: twenties is ideal because we hadn't, you know, we hadn't done all of this work, you know, because the Enneagram is about who we are innately kind of what we think we have to be. So once yeah. we start doing the self-growth journey, once we start healing, a lot of that's going to shift and change in appearance because we've grown.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like that. If people have narrowed it down, you get the diagram, you start seeing if they're connecting, but I really love those questions. And you're basically just pitting the two fears against each other. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's awesome. And then I'm assuming once you get your number, like what do we do then? I'm sure there's a ton of additional information on them.
1: Yeah, so definitely once you get your number, go do some research, like get into it. And I, I always like to say you are worth the research. The Enneagram isn't this like quick stop, here's your fix information. It is a journey that you're going on with yourself. It's a relationship that you're creating that you're going to participate in forever. It's a constant awareness of, am I operating out of what I think I have to be in order to earn love, acceptance, success, whatever it is that I'm driving for. So it is a consistent relationship. So you're worth that time and that research. Grab a book you know, listen to some podcasts, go on the journey.
0: Your podcast?
1: Yeah, listen to my podcast, grab my book.
0: What ends up coming up, like how many episodes have you done?
1: I think we're on episode 28,
0: That's amazing. So what are all the things that end up coming up in your episodes? Mm -hmm. You know, like what are the type of topics and and conversations that you're having? Or is each episode like, here's just a breakdown of this type and this type, and then we're going to talk about this type? Or is it... You know, how deep does this go?
1: I'm nerd level on the, on the podcast. Like it's like we go into each number in detail. We've finished all nine numbers at this point in their initial breakdown. And we're moving into subtypes, which is another element of the Enneagram that takes us a little bit deeper, one layer deeper. And we're going to go through every single number and every single subtype. And I also do these mistyping episodes. So let's say you're deciding between two different numbers. You can listen to an episode where it will pit those numbers against each other, kind of compare them, contrast them, cool, and help you to decide for yourself.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah that's, that's really great. So you tell me, you know, because I'm learning this for the first time, so it's like, I don't know what I don't know. So it's, at times I'm gonna be like, I don't know what the next question to ask is. What was it, just remind me again, what was it you said when you saw my presentation? What type of presentation was that?
1: A five. It was a
0: five. Okay, so that resonates then too with what I'm coming up with.
1: What um, I didn't want to say in the beginning is that I've thought you were a type five primarily, but I didn't want to put that in your head because I wanted you to type yourself.
0: Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so out of curiosity, being an entrepreneur and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs that you work with and we had a lot of entrepreneurs listening, I don't wanna ask it and it's like, are there certain types that are better for entrepreneurship? But do you tend to see, that's a safer way to ask the question, do you tend to see there's a few common types in the entrepreneurial circles?
1: Yes, so there are, one of my favorite threes in the Enneagram is the stances. So the stances are what, one of the numbers in every center is repressing one of the dominant centers. So what this means is, to simplify this, that there are assertive types, compliant types, and withdrawing types. So every type can be an entrepreneur, but the assertive types are more inclined because they don't want to be controlled. They want to move toward the future. They like, they're like quick action takers. These are the types that move against authority. So these are three, seven, and eight. They tend to be a lot more focused on creating their own path, but a lot of times these withdrawing numbers, these compliant numbers end up making very sustainable businesses because they're not as action focused. They can take their time, Mm. they can slow down, they don't mind sticking to one thing for a long period of time.
0: Right. Yeah, it's like the difference between, I've seen that, right? Like entrepreneurs versus business owners. Someone who's like, they struggle to get started, but like once they're started, it's just like they're just smooth sailing versus someone who's really good at starting things. (laughs) And then they just, so they just keep starting things. Yep. But I didn't hear mine in there.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. So on <laughs> your fives, a withdrawing type, but you're connected to two assertive types. Okay. So you can pull from that eight, that seven energy, yeah. mm-hmm. but you're also going to have that five. Fives tend to be a little bit more slow starters because they want to be informed. They want to have all the information. hmm but they're going to make very well thought out decisions. Yeah.
0: I've met, you know, like with strength finders and stuff, people that I like really identify with like the quick start.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm so identify with the opposite of that. <laughs> I'm like, whatever a quick start is, I'm like, what's the opposite of that?
1: But your integrator is a seven, right?
0: I don't know what Jilly is. Let's read seven can... again. Like, let's go. Let me, go. cause you guys, just so you know, like, well, and just so you know, too, I'm like on the website as we're talking. So I'm spending more time looking at the website as I'm listening to you. So if you think I'm like <laughs> just browsing the internet, I'm like learning two ways. And you guys should be too, right? You should be like pulling this stuff up and looking through it. So yeah, the seven is busy, fun, loving, spontaneous. That could work I, for her.
1: We tend to be a little bit to do... We We just want to feel good in our lives. Type sevens want to do whatever they need to do to be happy or satisfied so they're going to make whatever pivot they need to make or take a quick action and move in the direction of joy at all times
0: Mm. i think my wife's a six by the way oh nice (laughs) i think you're describing my wife when you're describing six okay so yeah i think that answers that question around what you see as common entrepreneurs i I feel like the three is one of the most common right Mm -hmm. the achiever
1: And sevens too tend to be very quick starts, very, very quick starts. Mm,
0: Okay. Got it. Got it. Do we want to talk about the next layer of this? Where do you want to go from this?
1: I love subtypes. So I would love to talk about them if you're down. Oh, I'm down. (laughs) See, So subtypes are this other layer to each number. So every single type has three distinct subtypes. And these are essentially our instinctual variants. They're the thing that we use to survive. So that's um, one-to-one. So that's like intense one-to-one connection, like intense eye contact, intense experiences with other people. Then we have social, which is where you are in the social hierarchy, and the order of things. And then we have self-preservation, which is basically getting your needs met, keeping yourself safe. So every single number has these three types and we all have all three inside of us, but we have one that's dominant and that's gonna flavor our number in a really distinct way. So one of the reasons it took me two years to type is that I'm a social seven. So a social seven is a counter type of seven. So it looks different in behavior than in motivation. So I'm driven by being liked by the group. Sevens were very focused on getting our needs met, But I know that if I focus primarily on what I want, when I want it, it's not as likable. I'm going to lose my place in the social standing. And so I tend to put myself last and look a little bit like a helper.
0: Mm. So I want to make sure I'm again, the slow guy here, uh, who needs to be informed. Apparently (laughs) he needs to know all the information, the three. So you said social seven. So that's, that's Mm -hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the only—that's your subtype. Like that's what you are, but mm-hmm. you—you still have the others. Am I yeah, saying this Yes. Right? Yeah. So I'm what are dominant
1: the, in those three? Okay. Or I'm dominant in the in the social, but I have all three.
0: Right, but all of us are dominant in one, but have all three. Yep. And what are the three again?
1: It's one to one social and self-pres.
0: Okay, one to one social and self-preservation. Mm-hmm. How would one find out what what they are? And then that's attached to their primary number.
1: So you, most of us have like an instinct about, Uh is it more important to you to have what you want, like your physical safety, making sure you have food when you want it, water when you want it, a comfort, you know, comfortable spaces. Is that really important to you? Or is one-to-one connection, like intense connections with other people Conversations, eye contact, that kind of thing, or is it where you stand in the social order? You want to make sure that you don't lose your place in society.
0: For me, it would be the the self preservation. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You could be a self pres five, which is um, they call it the castle. Kind of the most there's a, a deep separation between your what you choose, what you share with other people. It's like a more intentional thing, yeah. a little bit more private.
0: Yeah. Okay but I like intense <laughs> <when> I <laughs> conversations. But if you, yeah. I think if you pitted the two against each other, self-preservation would win.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's that, so, like you have them all, but one's dominant.
1: Yep. And there's stacking. So you might be self-pres, then oh. sexual, and then social is your, oh, your lack.
0: Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, cool. So now does that become your type or are you like a five and five self-preservation? Like um, this is now yes. your type.
1: So- the subtype it really adds such a distinct flavor to your number that for a lot of us it really matters. So especially if you are a counter type like I, I would be a counter type, it impacts my number dramatically. For you, the self pres five is kind of the purest five, so it doesn't change your number very much. Mm. It would be like a pretty distinct, like it would just be a reinforcing okay. of your type. And then the, the one-to-one five is the counter type of five. So they can be the most emotional of the fives. They tend to seek like really intense romantic connections with, so they might have like a partner that they have for a really long time and they put a lot into that relationship. And that's a lot more different than a lot of other fives might be.
0: Got it. Got it. So then all of a sudden we go from like nine to like 27 types. Yes.
1: Yeah, a lot of people teach that there are actually 27 types.
0: Because of these subtypes.
1: Because of the subtypes can be so Wow,
0: tasty. okay. So just kind of recapping here. Step number one, you guys should be going through and identifying which one of the nine numbers you are. Mm-hmm. And then we want to pick the order to Stack them mm-hmm. and figure out your subtype. Mm-hmm. And then do you have information as well once you know your subtype? Like, okay, what is a six self-pres, you know, and and then there's a whole profile on that.
1: Yeah. So there's a really good book. I touch on this lightly in my book. And then there's the complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut that goes insanely in depth. And she's done years and years of research, putting together some of the work from one of our earlier teachers, Claudio Naranjo, who kind of first facilitated this idea of subtypes. And so if you want to go deep into the rabbit hole, her book's amazing.
0: Okay. We'll link all that up in the show notes. So thank you. Yeah. Where did this all like come from?
1: That no one really knows. (laughs) It's very contested. So some people say it's like Sufi origins. Um, The earliest that we really know, like we can put in the ground is around early sixties. Claudio Naranjo is the last living teacher. He just recently passed away, but his work is kind of the most modern form. There's a school at school, which is, kind of predecessor to Claudia's work.
0: Wow, so basically aliens.
1: Yep, anyway.
0: <laughs> I mean, when you don't know, I think that's just the answer.
1: <laughs> I, I, I prefer that answer.
0: <laughs> just aliens.
1: Just, I'm, I'm just gonna say that from well, now on, aliens.
0: It's we're gonna like, find this on the History Channel, <laughs> ancient yeah. aliens. Could it be that yeah. the Enneagram was created by aliens? <laughs> <laughs> ancient alien experts do agree. <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it is so
1: accurate and so oddly invasive that I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I keep hearing about it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, you got to start saying if you keep hearing about it and people get so much value out of it and people are creating books and workshops and seminars around it that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. do it if there wasn't some sort of accuracy Accuracy. to it. So, Mm -hmm. okay. What else? Is there anything else that you feel like is like this would be really valuable for our listeners, you know, based on what you've shared with us today.
1: When we, when I think about entrepreneurs and I think about people who are, you know, listening to your podcast, I think it's important to know that what you think you have to be is also the thing that tends to keep you small. Hmm. So what you like keeps you from going after what you want to do. So for, can I go through the numbers? Yes. Okay. So for our type ones, The idea that you have to be perfect is preventing you from getting your work into the world. For our type twos, the idea that you have to give in order to be loved is keeping you in constant reactive mode so that you can't be proactive in actually focusing on the things that you want to get done. For our type threes, this idea that there's only one path that you have to stay on this path to success is preventing you from actually creating the life you want to live and likely the business you actually want to be running. For our type fours, this idea that you can't do anything unless it's unique and special and remarkable is keeping you from taking the day-to-day mundane tasks, the very boring everyday things that have to get done to run a business or to get work out into the world. It's preventing you from doing those things. For our type fives, a lot of times this feeling of what if people take too much from me is keeping you from putting yourself out there in ways that are actually really remarkable for you, can move you forward. For our type sixes, this fear of things going wrong, this need to be prepared is keeping you from taking risks that could bring in infinitely more money and infinitely more security in the long run. And for our type sevens, this feeling that you want to keep your options open and you don't want to limit yourself in any way is actually keeping you starting lots of different things and not actually letting any of them see the ripening or see the success of what you're trying to create. For our type eights, the idea that you have to be strong in order to live in the world, in order to not be taken advantage of, is creating a space in which no one can actually see you and therefore no one can actually understand what they're buying into. If you can't be vulnerable, there's not actual strength there. For our type nines, this desire to not create separation is keeping people from actually seeing who you are and knowing you. And and this... Not wanting to push people away is preventing them from actually getting close.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. That's so awesome. Well, this, is, this has been amazing. So I know you've got, you got a book, you've got a podcast. Where do you want to send people right now so they can learn more about you and what you teach about the Enneagram?
1: So, i EnneagramandCoffee.com has kind of our hub for everything. If you are new to the Enneagram, the book is a really good place to start, especially if you're someone who struggles with speaking to yourself in unkind ways or had loss of patience with yourself in the process. Um, My hope is that I wrote the book in such a way that there's enough love and kindness in there that you grow a loving, kind voice inward toward yourself. So, grab the book at EnneagramandCoffee.com. And then the podcast, Enneagram and Coffee and Instagram, Enneagram and Coffee.
0: Awesome, awesome. We're gonna link all that up in the show notes for you guys so you can easily take those next steps to connect with Sarah Jane and go through her amazing content. This has been so informative and I'm so glad we finally got to do this because it's been something I selfishly wanted to learn about because I gotta be informed. You know, Mm -hmm. I gotta be informed. Mm -hmm. I gotta know all the things. (laughs) So very lucky. And I hope it was informative to you guys, even if you're not a five, all right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even if you're not like me, that you're getting informed by this, and you're finding value in it because know thyself right. The more we mm-hmm. learn about who we are, who we truly are, the more we can create awareness, mindfulness, and that's how we grow. so mm-hmm. any final thoughts, Sarah Jane, before we wrap up this episode?
1: Yeah, I want to reiterate that you are worth the journey, you are worth the time it takes to do this research to understand yourself and to create a more loving, understanding, and comprehensive relationship to who you are and how you orient in the world.
0: That's beautiful. Sarah Jane Case, Enneagram and coffee. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and for sharing so much with our listeners. And thank you guys for tuning in, hanging out with us all the way to the end. Maybe you had some coffee on this episode while we were learning about your Enneagram and appreciate you guys so much. And we'll see you here next time on the Mighty Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know 8 out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be, so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate, and we can get started right now.